Welcome to Change Making Women, the podcast for women who make a difference. With Ziada Bade in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. So, hi, and welcome to Change Making Women. I'm Marianne Clements in London, in the UK, and I'm here today. Ziada's not with us at the moment, but I'm here today with Joe Casey, who is a coach. He's also based in the UK, but unusually, we're both in one country at the moment. <laughs> Hi, Jo. It's good to have Hi. you um, Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. So, you're a coach, but I know that um, you might want to say a bit more about the kind of coach you are and your approach to your coaching practice. So, I'd love to dive in there, really. And sure. Yeah, because yeah, we, we were talking a moment ago and you said, yeah, so, so how do you describe yourself? What kind of coach are you? And I was like, um. <laughs> so I'm, I'm quite often called a business coach. And so I kind of adopted that, that title, but it's never 100% sits right with me because I always think I'm almost like the anti-business, well, not anti-business coach, but effectively what I do is I help women to build service-based businesses. Mm-hmm. But whenever I think of business coach, I always think of people who do, you know, like funnels and numbers and bottom line and sales forecasts. And, and right. that is so not what I am about. What, what I help people to do, what I, I really love to do, what I'm really kind of fascinated by is how do we as women mm-hmm. um, show up in the world be seen, share our, our gifts, our brilliance, our opinions, our expertise in a world that is built to keep us small and mm-hmm. silent and quiet and defer to others. And it creates this tension mm-hmm. because everything about, you know, building a, a business requires you to, you know, show up and be seen and all of that stuff and yet we have this what I call feminine conditioning the kind of cultural conditions that that give this very very narrow slice of acceptability this is like your lane women's that lane don't step out of that lane um otherwise you are are not deemed to be a good woman um and I think that for many 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 of us the, the the challenge of building a business building a and I work with service-based businesses so coaches and consultants and holistic mm. practitioners and healers and um requires you to to do the exact opposite of what we're told it means to be a good woman and and there's this real tension so what I love doing is helping us to work through and work with that 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 tension and that challenge and those that conditioning so that we can be visible so that we can build great communities so that we can you know claim some of the economic power back because with economic power comes cultural power and it's only with cultural power that we get real cultural change I think mm-hmm. um, and so <laughs> the whole kind of bottom line and sell 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 and improve yourself forecast and all of that that I associate with being a business coach doesn't really come into that so I, I don't have somebody once described me as like she's a business coach but not like any other coach that you've come across so I'm kind of going yeah okay that, that doesn't fit well you'll on the tagline does it <laughs> but you'll take it <laughs> but I'll take it yeah <laughs> so I'm really intrigued as to how you got to this this sort of or this perspective on supporting women in their businesses because mm. 
I am, I, you know, totally relate to the dynamic you described, you know, um, when you were talking about how the conditioning piece and how we're, you know, just sort of invited to be small and quiet and, and, and not to step out of line in so many ways in our cultures that it, it's really difficult to, to be choosing to do that. And I feel like I've been battling with that forever mm, <laughs> and that I'm still you know doing it all the time mm -hmm. <laughs> in in some ways even though I you know I'm, I might have got better at it over the years and and I know that other people some people may see like oh you know you know you, you're not doing that but actually in me I'm still battling with it I'm interested to like how you came to this you know this approach to to, to your work what the backstory is in a way before we dive into what it what it looks like in practice um well originally i mean i spent the longest time working in the public sector so working uh, within uh, local government and third sector organizations and really doing that kind of organizational stuff be, behind the the scenes mm -hmm. uh but i always had this 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 yearning to I'm not very good in those big organizations even though I I totally recognize a need for them and I'm very into collectivism and um you know I I I have a, a real aversion to the the traditional kind of very individualist entrepreneurial mm -hmm. scene mm -hmm. but at the same time I'd always had this this urge to kind of do my own thing and have that that I suppose that that kind of that that freedom and that creative freedom. Mm -hmm. I love coaching and there's various healing modalities that that I I kind of trained in over the years, and it just kind of coincided that in the UK we have quite a right wing government at the moment who decided that the public sector wasn't you know was bloated I think was their word and so mm -hmm. made you know hundreds and thousands of people redundant over a number of years and I was one of those people so it okay. it, it kind of gave me the push that that I, I needed and at the time so I, I set up my coaching business I'd, I'd already been doing it on the side at the, mm -hmm. at the time I was doing what I thought was the done thing to grow a coaching business so I kind of modeled that you know it's what we do yeah. isn't it we model what we see and I was right. seeing all these people who were very polished and very positive and very um oh, how, how can I put it there was a, there was a lot of thin pretty you know traditional very kind of classically attractive polished white women mm -hmm. who were selling a brand of positivity mm -hmm. and a brand of individualistic just think positive, just do it, just, you know, follow your dreams, yeah, 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 all of that kind of stuff. And so I was kind of modeling some of that, but it felt so ill-fitting. It just felt right. like a real ill-fitting suit on me. Right. But I am good at certain things. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really good coach. I was good at helping people to um, strategize and do kind of big picture messaging stuff. So I was getting some traction in my business, but it just felt really shallow. Mm -hmm. It felt really inauthentic and I also was coming up again and again with this, this kind of resistance to being visible and being honest and being genuinely authentic. I mean, I know we talk a lot <laughs> in the world about, you know, or being authentic and I'm just being really honest here and, yeah. and, 
and it's not it's like faux authenticity yeah right right um you know it's like not exactly crocodile tears but you know we don't show the real kind of ugly cry we don't show the i'm having a really awful day we don't show the you know honestly i you know i fed my kids mcdonald's three times this week because on the outside we're doing the whole kind of it's all organic food and here's my (laughs) lovely happy life and um and i just hit a point where much as I wanted, I mean, genuinely, I wanted to be able to carry on doing it. I, it was like, I, I couldn't carry on that way anymore. And so I had this real kind of crisis in, kind of crisis in my business of thinking, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I know I can't go back, but I don't know what the next thing is. And I, I uh, ended up doing a lot of soul searching and a lot of examining what are the issues that are coming up? Why do I? And like clients and and my peers why do we feel this need that we have to kind of conform and be a certain way and why do I feel the need to you know have my hair done and put makeup on and have yeah all of that type of stuff in my business and why is it that I'm struggling to show the real side of not just running a business but life and I kind of concluded that my goodness, all of these things that we have to do in order to really grow a genuine, honest, values-driven, authentic um, venture, not even if it's not a business, you know, even if you're, you're in the workplace, even if you're wanting to, you know, you're being a leader and you want to show up as an authentic leader, all of that goes against these kind of cultural messages that were given this feminine conditioning about what you need to do to be a good uh, woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also coincided with the 2016 election and you saw Hillary Clinton being absolutely demonized as this woman. I mean, you know, and, and being in the UK and watching that as a bit of an outsider you kind of say oh my god this woman is being criticized for her voice being too high her voice being too low about her laughing too much about her not laughing enough it just it was it was a no-win game and then he thought oh that's what it's like for all of us and so a lot of these things kind of coincided and it it felt at the time like a huge risk Mm. totally rebranding going from I can help you make more money as a coach to I can help you tackle the feminine conditioning that's holding you back in Mm. your business Mm -hmm. so you can grow something really sustainable um and fortunately people really responded really well it was like one of those moments where other people kept saying you've just described exactly how I was feeling and yeah. you've just managed to put it into words. And so that, w- that was really gratifying because it w- it, I did for a while think I was burning my business down. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the upshot is I now get to do this really rich, deep, juicy work with, with women about, well, how can we individually and collectively, because I don't believe that there's, you know, there's any service in just having individual liberation and individual kind of success unless you know it's it somehow affects the the whole and the, and the greater good um i get to do this work and help them to you know that it's like the, it's like this ripple effect you know all the people i work with are also trying to make some positive change in the world and so i just think of these little ripples that are going across the the universe when we do this stuff and so it's it's kind of great but it took a while to get that sorry was that a really long-winded way of explaining it, it? Was, it was interesting it was interesting when i 
notice that you keep coming back to this thing about the sort of the collectivity and it's something Mm. I've been thinking a lot about myself as well recently like um it's it's a value I share that it isn't about um addressing these sorts of issues isn't just about like liberating ourselves and in fact you know in a a way that's one of the problems I see and probably one I imagine you do too in sort of like traditional I don't know positive marketing it's like Mm. it's like you know that that it just get over your mindset and then everything will be all right type of type of thing is the antithesis of what I think is you know Mm. really going to make a difference in the world and um anyway I'm interested in like how you see that playing out in your work because I've been thinking a lot about well what does this actually mean in terms of um like how I work and um I've tried to make some shifts in that way but it's you know I'm I'm not 100% happy with them and I think it's because we're there's so much in our culture that drives us towards even when we're doing things together a kind of individualistic approach to it like I've started to realize that it's massive you know really Mm. massive the kind of what does this mean oh wow it means maybe like you know some serious like thinking about what this might look like so I'm interested basically (laughs) (laughs) what it looks like for you (laughs) well it's one for me at the moment it's more of a a, a question and how can we and a curiosity than than really having any any kind of concrete answers but I I think there is a definite um, first stage in recognizing that it is a big issue that we have within within our culture generally but then particularly within the kind of personal development world that that uh, we operate in is that it's so individualistic and it's so focused on healing individuals and not healing things on a systemic level. And, and the kind of the nearest we ever get to it, I think is, or the nearest I ever kind of have got to it is, well, the more people we have who are not taking their, you know, unhealed trauma out on others who, or who are, you know, not carrying around their, their unaware <laughs> emotional baggage mm-hmm. then then that has a positive impact but then there's there is also another piece I think which is about how can we use this to start dismantling some of those systemic things yeah. and that is something that one individual can't do on their own right, <laughs> just like this thing because we have this this very individualistic hero mentality yeah right. in our culture um and so it's it's like this duality of recognizing that we have to also be acknowledging and working with the systems that we already have and working to try and dismantle those systems and also recognizing that as individuals there's only so much that we can do yeah. um and and so whether that be kind of doing things on a more collective basis or supporting more um, collective causes. I mean, the whole things like the whole Me Too movement is so fascinating at the moment because you see this, this very kind of vibrant, very intense kind of collective movement, which is based on the, the kind of the, the collective power of these individual stories and these individual voices. Mm. And then, you know, it's not perfect. It's problematic. Of course, it's not going to be perfect. Of course, there's going to be problems with it. Um, of course, there are going to be some individuals that you think, oh, they're not using it in a way that I would want it to be used in. But just the very fact that we're able to have those conversations, I think is really, really important. And for 
those of us working within that personal development industry, I think it's really important to recognize that it's not just about individual responsibility and individual change. It's about acknowledging the systems that we're working in. Mm -hmm. It's about also having some form of, I, I, I like to put community at the heart of everything that I do. Mm-hmm. so you know if my my group programs it's very much around spending conscious time right up front about developing yeah. that supportive community setting up some ground rules what are our terms and conditions how are we going to show up for each other what's acceptable what are our boundaries mm-hmm. how do we want to be supported because there needs to be this recognition that we can't do this on our own nor should we expect ourselves to do this on our own. I think that this is this big lie that is told, particularly to women these days, that you have to be the, you know, the heroine, you have to be the mother, the wage earner, the friend, the daughter, the beauty, the sex pot, the political activist, the the gourmet cook, and you have to look great while you're doing it. And it's just impossible. It's it's no win. And so the the more I do this work, the more I I have to recognize and acknowledge the fact that this individualistic way of approaching our businesses doesn't doesn't work. Now that doesn't mean we have to go full on into um, you know doing co-ops and things like that. Although you know my political background is right about the co-op movement, and I do live in Manchester in the north of England. So, you know, so but but there is something there about how can we collaborate more? How can we ask for help more? How can we share our ideas? How can we help other people to rise who maybe don't have the privilege that we have? Mm -hmm. How can we um, not try and save the world, but also make sure that we don't just have self-care as a a nice to have. And I know this is totally your area, so (laughs) I don't mean to be stepping on your toes with this, but how do we have that as a kind of, a baseline self-preservation. You know, we have to have a baseline level of caring for ourselves yeah. before we, ha- you know, we, we start giving to other people, and that is that's quite transgressive for a lot of us women. Yeah, and it's interesting how that sort of for me is begin. I'm beginning to sort of um, to try to sort of situate questions about that within this question of collective and ask myself like you know what are the things we could be doing for each other Mm. in ways that are healthy and what does that look like when we're so used to doing things for each other in ways that you know aren't so healthy as you know we're we're expected you know kind of in in our cultures in general to kind of give 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 all the time often as women and so how Mm. do we support each other in a way that doesn't activate that part of us that has that tendency and therefore kind of you know ends up running us ragged and it's yeah. it, you know it's it's again it's it's, it's a question <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I, th- I think with a lot of this um we're, we're kind of being pioneers in this we're kind of making it up as we're going along which is, <laughs> is not quite as posh way of saying we're pioneers but you know we are we're trying and we're fumbling and we're we're one of the things that technology has given us, I mean, apart from, you know, a whole lot of exposure to the nastiness of the internet and things, but but on the plus side is that this ability now to create businesses and to, you know, produce services or products or 
have some economic power that isn't reliant on, you know, 30 years ago, you and I wouldn't have been given the means to do that because we couldn't have gone to a bank and got a bank loan. And that's what we would have needed. We'd need to have, you know, bought equipment and, you know, means of manufacture and, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds and long distance telephone calls and and things like that. And we, we don't have to do that anymore. So all over the world, women and um, you know, people with who traditionally haven't had an awful lot of economic power, technology has the capacity, I'm not saying it always does, to 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 kind of allow us to create these these new networks, to create whether that be creating businesses or support networks or sharing ideas. You know, you may have been and, and this I'm not saying that this is you, by the way, something. I play this out in my head. How might this come out of my mouth? So, so for example, I was the weird kid in my little town, right? And you know, occasionally I bump into other weird kids in in my town. But now I can find all the weird kids yeah, <laughs> all yeah, over yeah, the yeah, world. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 or if you're into a particular thing, or maybe you're an expert in a particular area, or you've been doing some work in a, a particular area of thought, you can suddenly connect with somebody literally the other side of the world who's been doing that. And that's really exciting. That gives us power, yep. power that we've never had before. And I think that also, you know, the, the possibilities there freaks a lot of people out. I yep. think patriarchy's cage is being rattled a lot at the moment. And, uh, yeah, so the, 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 so the, there's all these kind of battles and, and tension going on. There's loads of opportunities, but there's also, you know, some real definite drawbacks and some, some things that, that need dismantling and some things that in even just my little world of the personal development industry, it's like, seriously, we need to stop with this rampant individualistic, capitalistic way of... Um, not acknowledging our privilege and not acknowledging trauma and not doing the necessary healing work and, and all of that good stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I do, basically. Um, and it's so great. And just even as we're talking to be able to have these conversations, because actually when I first um, discovered stuff like coaching maybe 10 or 15 years ago I always had this slightly uneasy feeling Mm. around some of this stuff so I'd be like this is really useful and I feel uneasy and I couldn't always name it about something about it and therefore I'm going to participate in it 60 or 70 percent but there's Mm. a bit of me that's not going to engage with this because given you know all the other things I believe and think about and care about there's something that's jarring for me about this and now we have language for that and I and the reason we have language for it is because we've been able to like see other people have language for it express Mm. it and have these conversations like we're having now and I in the beginning I didn't have that you know even a decade ago and I was just like some of this personal stuff is really useful for me but there's something I can't put my finger on Mm. that's like I can't jump in 100% and and, you know now I know what it was (laughs) and it was this yeah yeah and it's it's Thanks all goodness. that oh god yeah <laughs> it's all that kind of if you dream it you can uh you can make it happen and it's like 
so on a practical level, how does that work then? Because if you're like a, a white, cisgendered, wealthy person with tons of privilege, that's actually going to be a lot easier for you to dream it and make it happen than if you're somebody with a lot less privilege. So how, how are we addressing that imbalance there? Oh, we're not. Oh, I see. Oh, we're not. I see. That's just your... Yeah, that's, that's In fact, what... the way that you're going to be able to dream and make it happen is by exploiting some people who've got a yes. bit less you know ability yeah. to do it than you have right yeah and that, yeah that's exactly and that that's where i have always fallen down with the with with the industry because actually you know there is some really great stuff in personal development but there's also a lot of of stuff that is kind of toxic and you know the alt-right are big fans of nlp and things now I'm an NLP master practitioner. I learned NLP from a, you know, a, a, a two people in the north of England who just use it with people in the helping professions. They have such good hearts and such good ethics and values, but those tools exploited by somebody who has very different ethics and values can yeah. become really quite dangerous. You know, we've got dare I mention Tony Robbins at the moment, who's in a bit of hot water over his, his remarks over me too. But actually Tony Robbins has been doing that type of shtick for 20 years and yeah. it's never been a problem up until now. You know? let's, so, just, let's just touch on that for anyone listening. Mm, okay. <laughs> Tell us about Tony Robbins. Oh, <laughs> what so, happened recently, you know? So, so Tony, we should even say for anyone who doesn't know is a yeah is a is a kind of famous coachy person. Yeah, I I think Tony Robbins is like the gateway drug for a lot of people who mm. get into personal development because he is sure. so. I mean, certainly, kind of. 15 20 years ago he was just everywhere i mean you turned on your tv at 6 a.m and his ads were on at like power hour or whatever you know if you're ever up early with little kids like uh, i was at the time um he has these programs called um uh, unleash the power within and things like that and he works with film stars and executives and apparently to work with him one-on-one -on -one, it's a million dollars a year and he has these big events which you pay thousands of dollars or thousands of pounds to attend and there are thousands of people there and you're kind of like locked in a stadium for 12 13 hours at a time and uh, you know so he, he's a no i wouldn't say an acquired taste he has a particular brand of that kind of rah, personal development he very male Mm -hmm. very kind of macho, quite aggressive, very individualistic. And so he's always been quite problematic. Um, but recently he was filmed talking about the Me Too movement at one yep. of his events. And he started on with, which he's now denied was his intention, but basically what he says in this, and you can see it everywhere, and it's like everyone on the internet. If you Google, like, watch it, yeah. Um, that basically he says that, the Me Too movement started off as something good, but, but there's always a but, isn't there always a but? Mm -hmm. um, many of the, the women or some of the women in there are using it out of anger and using it to gain significance. Now, isn't that always the trope mm -hmm. that, you know, women who complain about sexual harassment are just doing it for attention? And so this is just a personal and, and, twist and on it. expressing anger. Oh yes, and expressing anger. This anger that expect you know you can't you can't you know, this whole idea that anger is a negative emotion. Yeah, right. um, 
but yes, anger is, is useless. And so he gets challenged by somebody in the audience who says, I think you're mischaracterizing the movement. And he talks over her. He mansplains. He um, uses the power of the crowd. Now, remember, there's thousands of people watching this. Um, she's at the front. She's given the microphone. He talks over her. And then, I mean, and he's a big guy. I don't know how big he is. He's like six five, six mm-hmm. six. He's big. And he's like broad as well. And she's quite petite. And he, you'd have to watch it to, to understand just how physically intimidating it is what he does he basically says push your hand out and he meets her hand with his and then he starts pushing her backwards so she has to keep walking backwards in order to not fall over mm-hmm. and he's trying to you supposedly using that as a way of explaining you know well if you try and push back then you're just going to be met with resistance i don't even know what he was trying. He basically he was he was just trying to physically intimidate her into showing up and it's so uncomfortable i think it's one of those things that okay i, I don't suppose there's many of us who've been in that situation in front of thousands of people but how many of us have been in that situation where we are talked over we are publicly shamed into staying silent and good on this woman she doesn't stay silent she she holds her ground he does he isn't able to knock her over um but he then the video of this got out he then refused to apologize he then gave this very mealy mouth statement through his pr company about how um, he totally supports the Me Too movement. He was just talking about some people who were using it inappropriately. And um, it, it was, he was called out. And instead of him saying, okay, you think I'm mischaracterizing this? Tell me. Maybe I've got some stuff to learn here. Tell me what I can learn. I yeah. will listen to you. He totally talks over. He cannot even contemplate, even yeah. handle the idea that he, he, he isn't, the man he isn't right oh and then as a really kind of additional i don't know like cherry on the can i swear on this yeah (laughs) okay i was gonna say like cherry on the shit cupcake he's delivering or that's a weird analogy i don't know where that came from he tells this story of a very very famous powerful man who had interviewed uh in hollywood who had, had interviewed three people for a job um the the one who is most qualified and best placed for the job was an attractive woman and he couldn't um, hire her. So he hired one of the less qualified men and he was, and and Tony Roberts is, it's like trying to use this as an example of, of what, that we should all not be too attractive in case the man can't control ourselves. Or if we didn't make so much noise, they'd be able to hire us. It was like, like, what are you trying to suggest here? You, you women, you have brought this on yourself, so you can't get these jobs now. <laughs> it's just, because you're too attractive. Or yeah, or, or too gobby, or, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and basically, he's just illustrating the problem with himself. Yeah, yeah so. exactly, exactly. And But what I thought was really interesting was the fact that, not even that long ago, this would have gone without batting an eyelid. People would just go, yeah, he's got a good point. Whereas now, like, oh no, it's like the culture. I mean, I, I know, you know, we do have the world's, you know, a rampant misogynist in the White House, not to mention a racist, bigoted, bleh. but in, in certain ways, our culture is starting to shift. And I think 
the it was it was like a white cisgendered very powerful man like tony robbins it, it's almost like watching in real time the culture move on and move past them and he hadn't caught that yeah and 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 i think that's what's happening with a lot of the 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 kind of the pushback against me too it seems to be a lot of men kind of going but this was always okay before right exactly. like, yeah that's the problem yeah <laughs> that's the problem yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> i feel like we've missed something which was just to say a bit more about like well i wanted to know a bit more about how you work with the people oh. that you work with because mm. we talked a lot about the kind of contextual pieces that are really interesting um mm. but i'm i sort of wanted wanted to um, bring you back to like how 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 does this become work with individual women or mm. groups of women who are interested in in doing their work in a way that you know that mm. the kind of way you're describing I guess well. yeah yeah we use a number of different um approaches mm -hmm. the 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 very very first one is what is the the kind of the driving force behind your work because that almost becomes then the fuel behind you know the the, the impetus to kind of move us past those kind of um sometimes they're points of discomfort and sometimes that it is real genuine fear around if i come out with this message so for example one of my uh my my clients is a feminist life coach mm -hmm. i mean that that's 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 her, her description which i just think it's fantastic and she works with she describes it as um we all have this we're all kind of so um like so raw from the past kind of 18 months two years of, of politics which is based in the u.s mm -hmm. that it's almost like we have the world's worst case of sunburn that was so kind of ah don't touch me because it's it's so painful and she works with women to help them to do the self-care to do the work so that they can stay fueled and stay um, charged so that they can do the social justice and the change work that they, they want to be doing. Mm -hmm. But so she had a genuine fear that I'm going to get a lot of pushback and a lot of, of trolling around this. And she did. Mm -hmm. So the, the first thing is, is focusing in on what is the, the why of the work? Why is this so important to you? why you know that that real kind of if i you know if i died tomorrow this is what i would want to tell my my sisters and my brothers and my you know this is what i would want to leave this is what i'd want my legacy to be so it's having that real connection and even in that work that is super um powerful because for a lot of us you know as women we're not genuinely told uh, generally told that you know we have this this legacy to leave other than children mm -hmm. so yeah. in this idea is it's helping people to really connect with with that then there's work around well let's let's uncover some of the the history and, and the blockages so sometimes and I use things like NLP, I use journaling, I use a modality called IEMT, which is, stands for Integral Eye Movement Therapy, I use some hypnotherapy, because some of these stuff are conscious and some of it is on the unconscious level. So there, there is, is some actual kind of digging and unearthing that we need to be able to do to be able to get... get get rid of but kind of heal some of some of those points of 
whereas it be blocks in our energy or blocks in our thought processes so that we can really be stood rooted in our value as women, our value as people with important things to say. And then the other piece to that is, of course, who are the people that you want to be, be helping and wanting to be working with? Because without question, all of the people that I, I work with are people who have this real desire to help people. And so I, I, it maybe sounds a bit counterintuitive. We start on that kind of internal work and owning our own value, but then we shift the focus away from ourselves onto what is the change that we want to create? Because otherwise we can get so caught up in our own stuff. Who am I to be doing this? And what will people think of? And sometimes we need to be able to shift that focus onto who are the people? What is it you want to be saying to them? What can you be helping them with? Um, so we do th- that kind of work. And then we marry that with some of the kind of strategic stuff around, well, how do you market yourself? How do you promote yourself, quote unquote, in a way that is ethical and rooted in your values, but still really effective? Because actually, if we are working in, in, in businesses, whether that be you know, through consultancy or through working with groups or through working one-on-one or doing healing work, we want it to be shared because we want it to be valuable and we want to be paid for that because that means that it is sustainable for us to carry on doing. So there's all the, 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 I suppose the, the stuff around how do you share your story in a way that's going to be compelling to the right people? Mm -hmm. What methods are going to feel good to you and are therefore going to be sustainable? So for example, if you hate doing videos, don't do video. Yeah. If you know, if you really detest social media, don't worry about social media. There are so many ways that you can market and promote your business because marketing and promotion is simply getting, being able to communicate how you can help people to the right people. That's all it is at its simplest terms. And so I talk a lot about the concept of conversational marketing mm-hmm. because it's about well, what kind of conversations do you want to be having with people? And that takes a lot of that kind of um, scariness out of it. Yeah, I love that. That's really, yeah, exactly. It, because it, it's, it's true. It's true. But it's easy to forget. <laughs> yeah, especially when, you, you know, even in my weaker moments, I'll tune into the webinar that I've seen pop up on my Facebook feed that will promise me, you know. <laughs> A bazillion leads, and then I know, you know, usually when I'm feeling weak and, and I'll, I'll log on, it, they seem so impersonal, and it's all about numbers and retargeting and leads and funnels. And, and I know that a lot of that is just terminology. And I, I'm not saying that everybody who, who uses that terminology is as depersonalized as it sounds, but at the end of the day, we, we are humans. Um, we work with other humans and so I think for a lot of us we're, we're, we're really wanting a more kind of human personal personal conversational way of doing those things that are going to help to grow our businesses help us to help more people help us to you know grow an income so that like I say we have that economic power we then have that social power we get to help more people all of that good stuff but we do it in a way that is, is going to be sustainable economically and sustainable energetically. 
because as women, we are so good at burning ourselves out. We're so good at spreading ourselves so thin. So that's also one of the things that, that we look at. Cool. Sounds great. <laughs> I, uh, I, I really recognize that thing of occasionally like jumping on a webinar or like reading something or like mm. promises you some sort of like technical approach. to doing yeah. something. And What I'm always left with is like thinking about it for a little bit and then going like, for me, it's usually like there's an, something ethically not, you know, mm, that doesn't yeah. back up about it. And therefore, even if that isn't what I initially think, even if I just initially think something else, ultimately I sort of tend to reject, dump, and never try any of these things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I just, there's something in me that's like, uh, you know, but, it, but actually it goes beyond that, doesn't it? Because it, those sort of funnel, a lot of those things, and you're right, their terminology. But the things that promise you, like big bucks in no time, yeah. are very um, are about persuading people to buy things that they may not want or need. Mm, yeah, you yeah. Know, that's kind of the nature of it, right? Yeah, there's a there's a whole kind of school of thought that has really, really thought about how can we get people to make unconscious buying decisions. Yeah, to buy and, things that. And maybe they might be cheap things, but still they don't ever read them or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of have an image that, that somewhere in the ether there is like this, um, the land where unread ebooks go to die. You know, this, is, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this huge cavernous place with, uh, yeah. but, you know, some of them aren't cheap either. And, and particularly within the, the coaching industry, one of the things that kind of, I have real issues with is, you know, the, these, these programs that cost thousands and thousands and thousands. Um, and people are on, and you know, and if somebody then consciously says, yeah, I've thought it through and this is absolutely the right, I've done, you know, I've done my research. It's the right move for me. That's fine. But a, a lot of what is used are these very kind of, um, consciously manipulative tactics, like telling people, oh, well, if you're not ready to invest this amount of money, I just don't think you're taking your business seriously enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is a standard thing that is a technique that is used yeah. to try and get people to sign up for these these courses that, you know, cost more than my first house, literally, exactly. you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not taking yourself seriously or you're not like... Mm. You, you don't have the right mindset or you yes. stop these sorts of things, right? Yeah. And then the... The, the kind of the real pernicious thing is then when it doesn't work because you know I'm not saying it never works but rarely did you know I pay someone you know hundreds you know loads of money like thousands of, of pounds or thousands of dollars and, and I have an instant business it just doesn't work like that it's you know there's so many moving parts it takes time to grow a business it takes time to find your feet with it but then when it doesn't work as quickly as the guru promised it would then it's just like oh well it's your mindset that is is wrong it's nothing wrong with the fact that i've maybe missold you or i've not managed your expectations because or... it's working for me yeah exactly because i'm it... selling you yes thing there's something so right i'm selling you a thing that promises something that i can't deliver but i'm selling that to 200 other people as well so they're yeah. working for me Absolutely. I'm making money. Because and, and, I'm exploiting you, not because yes. of my mindset, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I did a, a podcast episode with a coach called Andrea Owen, who is, you know, she, she's a life coach. She's a very kind of tell it like it is far 
more bubbly than, than I am. She's, she's absolutely brilliant. And we did this episode called, is the coaching industry a massive pyramid scheme? Because yeah. that's how it can feel sometimes. Yeah. And actually, bits of it basically are right. Yeah, ex- exactly. The, and it's, and it's the blame that then goes. So it's like, I'll miss sell you something and then I'll blame you when it doesn't work. I don't know any other industry that gets away with that, but because we have this kind of, you know, it's totally individual responsibility. Yes. But yeah. you need me as your guru, but it's your responsibility if it works or not. But yeah. you need me as your guru. And it's this. Because it's all about your mindset. It's all about what you're yeah. thinking. And if only you could just think positive. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know, everything would be rosy. And it's just like, all you need to do is think about how the world is. Mm. so yeah radically unfair to know that that is rubbish <laughs> I, I you know I this whole idea of you know it's just it's just hard work and positive thinking it's like really so you think a miner in Chile isn't working hard yeah. enough and so that's why he's not you know it's I, <laughs> I mean it, it really is uh, well, I, 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 I come to the conclusion it's, it's kind of a sickness. It, it really is this kind of, I don't know if it's like a, a Western way of self-protection from the fact that we, we have this privilege and it, the world is so unfair and so unbalanced that we just can't look at it. So therefore, I'm going to decide it's just because I have a better mindset than everybody else that I have this immense wealth compared to the rest of the world. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's really messed up. Yeah, I think we could we could do whole shows about yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> don't get me started about that. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that one on <laughs> right now. But, um, oh, I, don't get me started on the law of attraction either. No, but, <laughs> exactly. But what I do think is that what's interesting about these sorts of things is that like they they exist. I think in other walks of life, but mm. like it's it, but naming them for, you know, it's like it's exploitative, you know, it's a pyramid yeah. thing or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I think it's really important because that sort of exploitation, you know, exists in all yeah. the things that, that, you know, you and I are trying to fight against imperfectly <laughs> in our work, right? So, exactly. So it's um, like seeing that and then also not necessarily throwing coaching out because, you know, supporting people in what the change changes they want to make in their life or their business or the world is a useful thing right yeah um, and, and and many tools and techniques that you know we might have learned about that have their use in their place but it's like making these bold claims and selling people stuff they don't need and all that is is actually not not what the heart of it is no you know? no and it, it does kind of um yeah, it gives it this this real um, leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and it's such a shame because certainly the people that that I meet and that I work with, they have this huge desire to genuinely help people and make the world that bit of a better place. But you know, then you've also got these people who are into it just to make a whole load of money. And I have, I have no problem with people making money. You know, I, you know, I, I have a business. I have no problem at all. In fact, I want more women to be making more money. And let's, let's have a, be, a bit more equality over that, please. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, the, the making the money thing shouldn't be the thing 
to me anyway, I always think it's, it's like, okay, that's a, that's what I need to be sustainable in my work. But actually it's about connection and helping people to heal and to be building stronger and more sustainable communities and to, you know, equalize the playing field that, that little bit more and to shift the conversation they're surely the the things that we want to be doing as coaches and as healers and as as women in the world yeah um, and that's the you know the, the side of the aisle that i want to be found on not yeah, the tony robbins or i will does he have is he the one who has i will teach you to be rich that's another one isn't it yeah I don't um, know. I try to hide these things from my consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably wise. <laughs> so I've got a question for you that we always ask on the show, and that you know, mm-hmm. so you've spoken a bit anyway about self care and sort of our well being as we do this. And I loved what you said, like pioneering work, because it's it's interesting that piece. And I actually have another question about that. that I'm going to ask you first. <laughs> okay the pioneering thing what you were talking about I, mm-hmm. you know that we're, we're doing pioneering things and the internet's making it possible and it's, yeah it's really interesting to me um to see in me um my sort of probably feminine conditioning the coming up sometimes around that pioneering mm-hmm. nature of my work and, th- and and the sort of like voice in me the part of me that's like you know um, internalize the idea that ha- you know why are you doing something that you know like is so wacky or you know mm. like, or you're too big for your boots to think that you can talk about things that other people aren't you know 100% you know on mm-hmm. board with or that and I think it's really interesting how maybe I don't know if you've observed this, but I just wanted to ask like do you see that almost showing up more in relation to people that are doing work that you know maybe at the edge of the edge of something that maybe isn't territory Mm. that's well charted I guess yeah definitely because you know I think uh, as I was gonna say I think as humans we always look to 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 model what other people have done but there the I think what a lot of us are finding is either the people who are doing things in a similar field are I actually like the way that they're doing it or maybe it's like nobody's thought of doing it like this um and so there aren't that many other people to 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 model it on um I I kind of think about those you know those Victorian men who would just go off <laughs> coming from Britain as well this is awful right. you're just saying you. I like that country I think I will go there yes colonial <laughs> explorers yes yes colonial explorers uh-huh <laughs> there was nothing in them <laughs> that helped them back to say hmm, maybe I shouldn't do this maybe this isn't a good idea so you know that expression may you have the confidence of the average white man mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I kind of want to wish us that a little bit and and recognize the fact that it would be so much easier if there were other people who had done this already or who had built this thing but what if we're the person who is meant to do that first 
And what if when we look, it's almost like if we're going towards the, the, the kind of the summit of the, the mountain, what if we look around us and we see that actually there are other people dotted on the mountain as well? Yeah. And what if we kind of pooled our resources yeah. and we all helped a little bit each other? Would, would we get up that mountain just that, that bit quicker? Mm. And I, I think I, that's more of the metaphor that I am... Um, wanting to kind of cultivate and lean into it's like who else is climbing this mountain as well because i don't think well i know for me i'm not that bothered about who gets there first what if we all got there together that would be bloody brilliant yeah i have no desire to be the one to replace the flag in there i think it'd be fantastic if we could all kind of do it so there's the look for the other people who are climbing the mountain and let's see how we can help each other to do that and yeah and on on my kind of days of oh why am I doing this and all of that I think of Boris Johnson (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm just gonna channel a bit of Boris Johnson's confidence not because he's deserving of it but because he's so undeserving of it yet (laughs) he's still He's still the foreign secretary. And anyway, I think that's so interesting that you brought up Colonial Express and Boris Johnson. I <laughs> think like none of them did actually get there first, right? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> they, had, they, they went there as if they were going to anywhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so maybe we can like, yeah, we, we can we can kind of re- use that as a sort of. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Like doing an inverse. Inverse. Of, of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inverse for Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to come to my final question. That oh, okay. Okay. Trying to ask a few minutes ago, which is um, how do you take care of yourself and relax? <sighs> well, I realized recently, in, in, you know, in full honesty, that I, I haven't been as much as I need to. I don't know if anybody does. I don't, I don't know a woman who does, but. Um, I know that I need to do it more. Mm-hmm. What I, what I do do is I walk every day. Mm-hmm. I have a dog. Um, we got a dog about 18 months ago because I realized I was becoming a hermit <laughs> working from home. And so emails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she kind of forces me to get out every day. And I have to say there's something about being outside and there are days when I just go and I would just touch the trees. Yeah. yeah, I know that sounds very hippie, but um, okay. yeah, there's just being that connected to that kind of solidity and that that kind of nature that I I do meditate. I don't have a real strict meditation practice, but I I did take up mindfulness a few years ago, and I always find that super helpful. I crochet. Mm-hmm. I get in water regularly, so whether that be a bath or whether that be kind of going swimming, oh. I. I <laughs> something about water as, as well um and i i listen to a lot of kind of audiobooks and reading and 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 stuff like that what i what i want to get better at is having some some firmer boundaries particularly around work time because i i still find that a real challenge um working from home having yeah. kids um 
you know, it's, it's too easy to just have the working day start at nine and finish it around 10. And okay, there's been some kind of gaps in the middle, but those gaps you realize is when, and that's when I did the school run and that's when I was cooking dinner and mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, um, so having some kind of clearer boundaries around it. Um, and I would like to be seeing more people in person as well. I think that's another one of the things that I want to get better at. I know I said, I said I wanted to do that this year as well. I had a thing about it. I realized I just, I didn't see enough people last year. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean in general, but in particularly my work, but you do mean socially as well. (laughs) Yeah, both, both. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm an introvert. So actually I love being at home. I love reading. I love doing solo things, but there comes a point where you just think, when was the last person that you talked to that wasn't a client or a member of your family? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for being with me this evening. So I've really enjoyed it. Um, can if people want to find you, um, can you tell us your website and your or, or whatever the best place to? Sure. Um, so you can find me. My main website is joecasey.com. So that's J-O-C-A-S-E-Y.com. And I also have um, a membership academy, which is called the Meaningful Business academy um and that is some monthly coaching a real kind of vibrant network of of other business owners some courses some master classes really aimed at people who are just starting out in the first couple of years of establishing themselves as a coach or a healer or mm-hmm. a so it's got you know all the the nuts and bolts that you need like oh how do you put together a contract or how do you make your own graphics if you, you you're not at the stage where you can hire a graphic designer but it's also got loads of mindset tools in that and just a place for you to go and find fellow travelers and ask questions and mm-hmm. so that's meaningfulbizacademy.com mm-hmm. um, so people can find me there and I'm on Facebook and I'm now on Instagram even though my friends call me Instagrammer as well so it's Joe KCB with letter B cool. ah, on all of those come say hi cool thanks joe and yeah thanks again for being with us and have a beautiful rest of your evening you too thanks for having me and our theme tune over and over was written and performed by eleanor brown who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com <laughs>